Good evening, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023, and this is episode 352 of the Lots Project podcast, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. And tonight, we're talking about natural health and health freedom. My guest is an organic lifestyle entrepreneur, a holistic nutritionalist, a podcast host, a radio show personality, a health writer, and a spokesperson for health freedom. She's been podcasting since 2019 and interviewing top minds in the world of healthy lifestyle solutions and health freedom, and is also a regular guest on AM and FM radio and a host of Naturally Inspired Daily. I would like to welcome to Lots to Talk About, Tammy Cuthbert Garcia. How are you doing, Tammy? I'm doing awesome. Brian, you got my 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 um my unmarried name correct. <laughs> That's a hard one. Okay. Some right. people so... really butcher that and you did it perfectly. Cuthbert, so, so awesome this is, job. <laughs> this is amazing because um anybody that's listened to the show uh knows that I struggle immensely with pronunciation of names. Like it is <laughs> it is my nemesis. It will always be, and I always just apologize up front. And uh-uh, we, you uh, nailed we talked, it. <laughs> we talked for a minute before, and I, I totally blanked on, uh, I totally even blanked on asking you. Uh, so <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you nailed it. Thank you so, so much for having me on today. This yeah. Is such yeah, a treat. For, for sure. Um, I mean, the, the name Lots Project uh, originally inspired out of living outside the system. That's, that's really oh. where the acronym came from. Uh, it's morphed into a lot of different meanings, and it takes its own kind of course every time we think about it. But that's yeah. what it originally meant. We, um, my wife and I kind of have exited a lot of different parts of normal society. Um, and mm-hmm. so seeing you are into natural health, um, health freedom, um, understanding what we're putting in our body, that is definitely an outside the system. The system doesn't want us to think about this. So seeing your That's profile, true. I thought you were, you were a perfect match. So um, in the intro, I said you're an organic lifestyle entrepreneur and a holistic nutritionalist. Now the rest, yeah. the podcast host, radio personality, I, I mean, we can figure all that out. Explain Mm -hmm. to my guests who Tammy is and what that means, a lifestyle, organic lifestyle entrepreneur and a holistic nutritionist. Well, first and foremost, I'm a wife and mother. And for those listening who are wives and mothers, you know how complicated it can get raising a family, right? There's lots of problem solving involved. So I am... I've got a 19 year old and a 17 year old. And so I've been raising them and making the best out of everything that I possibly can this entire time, right? I want nothing but the best for my kids. And so this led me down the path to kind of being the mom that everyone kind of goes to for, hey, my kid's got a stomach ache. What should I do? Hey, you know, my kid's got this weird rash. Look at this. Will you look at this rash for me? What do you you're think? In, you're is? in all the address books and all the, yes. the quick speed dials for all the other moms. They're like, she yes. knows everything. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it started. And the reason why it sta- I started down that path is because 
my son was actually injured by a flu shot when he was two years old. Um, and I, you know, it was like every other mom, I wanted to do the right thing, always get all the, the well baby checkups, get all of the prescriptions that he needed. I wanted to provide him the best life possible and healthy as possible. And I thought that way was through my doctor. However, um, my daughter was born premature and when she was born premature, there's a, you know, doctors are real worried about a virus called RSV, which we now kind of hear a little bit about in the mainstream media. But at the time, she was a tiny baby and the doctors were really worried about RSV with her. And my son was two and we had never had a flu shot before, ever. And um, they used this to kind of pressure us into getting flu shots for the first time because they were concerned about her catching this RSV, basically told me that she could die. She got it. So I caved and I got the flu shot. And 10 days later, my son ended up with a condition called uh, thrombocytopura, which is something we're seeing now with the COVID shots as well. People are actually dying from that. So um, this is something that can happen as a side effect with many vaccinations, but we didn't know that at the time. Um, and so it was very scary, very scary. And um, the doctors didn't know what was wrong with him at first. It took a long time to figure that out. And it was actually my husband that went home from the emergency room out of pure desperation to do some research and find out what could possibly be going on with our baby boy. And he came back with the answer and said, I think this is what it is. And then they confirmed, you know, about an hour later that that's indeed what it was. But there was no correlation to the flu shot well, at the can, time. Can I, can I stop you for just a second? Yeah. What, what were his symptoms? Uh, bruising. He had, he had, he was just a two-year-old boy and he had dark circles around his eyes. He had tiny bit of rash on uh, the backs of his hands and he was bruising from head to toe just from touching him. Hmm. So his yeah. blood was not clotting and that's I, what we're I seeing had, now too. Yeah. I was curious cause I have, um, I don't talk about it much on the show, but I have a son, um, and he's in his twenties now, but when he was an infant, he had, what they determined eventually was encephalitis, uh -huh. um, but was in the hospital for you know, over a month when he was um, like six months old. So right. I was just curious. Um, I've always wondered about mm. vaccines and yep. all the stuff that he got as a child and if that had any contr contributing factors to it. But um, There's definitely those, those, some weren't, those weren't his symptoms. But yeah, he definitely he uh, they really struggled to figure out what was wrong with him and ended ended up on encephalitis. So yeah, well, there's definitely some evidence you should look into further there. Um, and I can point you towards that. But uh, it wasn't till you know, my husband knew it was the flu shot, but he couldn't get them to correlate that at the time. So it took us a few years to really find a package insert, where it lists um, thrombocytopuria as a side effect. So right. we were able to confirm that. So bring you back to why I became the mom that everyone <laughs> contacts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I became skeptical of my doctor for the first time. I became very skeptical of, of the, the doctor's office. Like, hey, maybe you don't know what you're talking about all the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of just built up from there. And as, as I was raising my kids, I was coming across all these great, fantastic strategies to stay healthy. 
my son struggled with respiratory problems. I was able to get the handle those without medication. My daughter, um, you know, she had some digestive uh, stuff going on for a while. I was able to to rectify that. And I just realized as a family that this was going to be a lifestyle that we had to take on forever if we wanted to stay out of the doctor's office. And so I was very successful with that. Um, You know, my kids barely ever went to the doctor. They still don't go to the doctor because they're healthy as heck. And I don't, I don't, have to worry about that. So um, in, in 2019, my kids got old on me. <laughs> <laughs> you ran out of stuff to do. They graduated. That's right. They. I was like, and I said to my husband, Jay, uh, I got to find a life here because otherwise I am going to be, you know, lost. And were you home, were you home with them? Like, was yes. that your full time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was full time. I've, I've talked to a yep. lot of people that have gone through that. A lot of women. And actually yep. I've had a, a cousin that was a, was a stay at home dad. And he went through that transition when the yeah. kid got to 16, 17 and didn't want anything to do. Didn't need yeah. anything. That's right. Uh, well, what, do, what do I do? That's what I've been doing for the last <laughs> That's right. And so um, my background kind of before I had kids was in physical therapy. I worked in physical therapy and I was an avid runner, still am an avid runner and and I work out quite a bit. That's kind of my stress release. So um, I, and then I had this diet, this interest in diet that I was always researching because I just knew that we could continue to improve our health if we had the right diet. So then I went back to class and I became a certified holistic nutritionist. And um, in 2019, I went out for a run and I was listening to this health podcast in quotes, health podcast. And I thought, man, the advice this person is giving is crap. This is not what you want to do. So I came back from my run and I said to my husband, who has kind of a background in in audiovisual and and he's a musician, I said, I want to start a podcast. And he said, I'll help you with that. (laughs) And so we started in 2019. And um, my original, you know, my my mission with it was just to spread the word to people, you know, in my sphere about things that are available to them outside of the allopathic model, outside of pills and procedures that lead to, you know, additional symptoms and polypharmacy, which is multiple drugs. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, that was really my miss- my mission. So I started interviewing people who had overcome lupus on their own. I started interviewing um, doctors about different things when it comes to drugs. And I learned about black box drug warnings and stuff that I never knew about. And it was going fantastic. And then COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> It's the boomer a bust. I can only imagine in in your world, it was like, okay, now I got a people a thousand percent on and people scared to shit to even listen. That's right. So uh, COVID hit and, um, you know, I had always kind of given my history with vaccines. I I always knew it was a very controversial topic. I I kind of tiptoed around it with other moms. I didn't, you know, I wanted them to know what had happened to us because I wanted to protect their child. But at the same time, I know how political it can be. So it was a really difficult balance for me. So when I started the podcast, I I was I had the intention of never talking about vaccines. But then COVID hit. And um, I just felt called. You know, I knew, I knew that the risk was there. I knew that the informed consent lacked 
in the allopathic world because doctors receive very little training about vaccines other than that they're safe and effective. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's really the extent of their training. You know, they, the very little training on them. Um, and in fact, they don't actually see a lot of vaccine injuries because we didn't present in my doctor's office. We presented 10 days down the road in the right. ER. Right. So there yeah. was no correlation. Well, you, and normally, even if it's if it's a if it's a direct reaction, um, it's long enough that you've left the doctor's office. Now you're a anaphylactic in the in the emergency room instead right. of in the in the general practitioner's office with your kids. That's right. Uh, it's funny. Well, one thing I want to let you know is you're safe in my audience. Um, we're about as anti making anybody do anything that they don't want to do and making sure everybody <laughs> understands awesome. fully what they're doing um, crowd yeah. as you get so feel safe here Good. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is it's funny um i kind of uh let you know in our conversations earlier that um that's really what tipped us off uh and this goes back to maybe like 2009 i think um, my wife had a lot of gastrointestinal, um, acid reflux, things like that. Mm -hmm. And pain, uh, pain, almost like heart attack pain. But by the time she got, uh, EEG, things like that, it, um, it was gone. It dissipated. Um, mm -hmm. they figured out or thought she had gallstones, uh, removed her gallbladder, had her on Prilosec, uh, mm -hmm. doctor says, you're going to be on Prilosec uh, probably for the rest of your life. You're going to have to increase the dosage month after month or year after year and this and that. Mm -hmm. And so the big, the one alarm bell went off. Um, she prepared herself. She tried to fix her acid reflux through paleo diet mm -hmm. uh, and, and was very successful. She, she ate very, very clean paleo diet for a year mm -hmm. um, prepping for her surgery. Mm-hmm. She had the surgery and in the recovery room and she she had the surgery at the hospital she works at. She's a she's an admin in scheduling, but she was at the hospital she schedules at and she's waking up and they're handing her juice and cookies yeah. in the recovery room after she had strictly eaten greens, whole foods, um, strict paleo diet, like strict. Yeah. She was Nazi about it. Like right. I, I cheated. Um, I will lie. I mean, I will tell you up and down. I cheated the whole time for an, a year <laughs> straight. She was solid. But she was clean. dedicated. Yeah. Um, and they handed her cookies and juice. Yeah. And she said, this isn't right. Um, and then the second one was when she read the pamphlet in her Prilosec and it said, <laughs> Do not use continually over 90 days. That's right. If you do not see results within 90 days, please consult a physician. That's right. Um, started reading this thing and went, oh, mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. And yeah. it started exploring different ways to naturally curb her acid reflux, naturally curb this stuff. Yeah. Um, and that so sent us spiraling into a lot of things. I'd always been like um weary of the government and you know the yeah. whole like i'm i'm the tinfoil hat guy but you're a real when american started, <laughs> when my wife started asking me questions about maybe this isn't right yeah. we really dove into a bunch of things moved to yeah. a homestead then hold still the homestead yeah. so that's that's what kind of kicked it off so hearing your story with losing trust in your doctor sending you down a road i really resonate with that for sure so i appreciate yeah. that I'm, I'm glad you're here to kind of talk about that so 
Yeah. It, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, you know, something we don't think about is like, if, if your mechanic does a shitty job on your car, do you keep taking them back your car back to that mechanic? Right. We don't do we, we, we go somewhere right. else and we're kind of pissed off about it too when we go somewhere else. And yet with our bodies, we've come to be able to accept that, well, you know, this is the best they got. No, it isn't. That's right. the best they have in their toolbox. But what we don't know is that there's a whole other toolbox out there. And I mean, there's reasons for that. And we can get into that too. Um, you know, it's maybe a little conspiratorial, but you know, it's true. There has been a movement towards Rockefeller medicine for over a hundred years. They uh, employed a professor, the Rockefellers did, and the Carnegies, they were in partnership at the time when they discovered petrochemicals a hundred years ago. And they employed a school teacher who kind of posed as someone that was qualified to do the investigating, um, to investigate holistic medicine. Um, his last name was Flexner, and your listeners can look that up. And Flexner went out and he proceeded to uh, prove that all holistic practitioners were quacks and that none of it was worth its weight in salt. And then they were able to then push the petrochemical um, knowledge through the universities and they hijacked medicine. So, you know, I'm not here to completely rip on allopathic medicine because emergency medicine is wonderful in this country. You break an arm, you need something done, like immediately acute care. It is top of the line. There's no doubt about it. And right. thank goodness for it. And thank goodness for our healthcare workers that provide that service. But um, in the chronic care department and as to why people get sick, our model does not, it, it is horrible. And, and, and I'm not exaggerating. It is horrible. We don't strive to find the root of any disease. We strive to silence symptoms. And symptoms are signals coming from your body to, to alert you something's wrong. And so what we do in the allopathic model is we silence that, that signal. So what does that do then? We've silenced the pain. We've silenced the signal. And now it, the body's left to cope and how it copes is it, it, it uh, you know, does the best it can until something else breaks down. Right. And that's why often we, we, we end up with polypharmacy because we are actually treating the symptoms from the first medication we start on in many cases. And we're, we're, we're treating additional signals from the same root cause of the problem. So, you know, it, it is a domino effect unless you really focus in and try to get to the root of the problem. And that is the, the issue with allopathic medicine, Rockefeller medicine, is that it's built on this um, structure of prescriptions. It's, it's built on the structure of prescriptions and procedures, medical devices. This is your solution. Well, those aren't solutions. Those are temporary band-aids for a problem that will indeed escalate if you don't get to the root of it. So what we have to do as, you know, practitioners like myself in nutrition and people in acupuncture and people in functional medicine space, we need to educate the public that we need a paradigm shift in the way that we think. When we go to the doctor, they work for us. They should have an exit solution for us. They shouldn't be telling us we have a lifetime of Prilosec ahead of us. 
particularly when the indication on the on that product says don't use more for 90 days. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and this actually goes for so many drugs that we use without thought, particularly birth control. We are told that birth control is 100% safe, has no side effects. Well, that depends. Like there are definitely side effects. You can you can bet your, you know, your bottom dollar on it. There's side effects that are just coming out now over the last three or four years where we know that it actually changes um, women and their behavior patterns. So like once you go on birth control, you actually, your, your libido gets lowered. Right. And these are side effects that impact your quality of life, but they're well, completely I mean overlooked. If you, if you really look at it and we, we step back and we've, so we've gone to another thing we've gone down the road of is barefoot living and grounding and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and we've really taken the approach to step back and look and say, what if we didn't have doctors? And, mm -hmm. you know, we come out of the survivalist prepper kind of community. Um, and you run those scenarios in your head in like a shit hits the fan situation where, mm -hmm. hey, there is no doctor. What, what the hell are we going to do? And you, you start exploring down these roads and you, you look at the, the side effects of trying something. Yeah. Hey, if I, if I drink this herbal tea, if I drink this, um, uh, or, or a natural remedy, what are the side effects? It doesn't work. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but you go to your doctor and especially, you know, we, we see a lot of it with, um, mental illness and, 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 yes. uh, and doing things with mental illness. Well, we're going to try this. We have to adjust your yeah. meds for right. God knows how long to get you on the right meds to deal with something. How about we start trying to treat stuff that doesn't have any side effects and maybe it works? Well, my goodness, I'm glad you brought that up because I just attended a medical conference uh, two weekends ago in Denver. It's called the Low Carb uh, Denver Conference. And there were several practitioners there talking about the effect of diet and specifically low carb or therapeutic keto, um, there's a difference between therapeutic keto and just the keto that is kind of the fad diet, you know, mm -hmm. there's a difference. Um, and with therapeutic keto, it's very strict, but man, are they getting fabulous results with mood disorder? You yeah. know, so that's something that you're not, you know, you wouldn't correlate necessarily with diet just to, in the in the mainstream sphere of knowledge. You're not correlating diet with mood disorders like anxiety and depression and I've even schizophrenia. A lot, actually, yeah. is the, is the, the keto the keto response uh, to mental illness, and then in combination mm -hmm. with psilocybin and cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's. Uh, it's weird that it all comes out of the earth. And yeah. We're, and it's we're even weirder that, that are, uh, are ruminants that are, that are living off the earth. And then we're consuming substances that are grown naturally in the earth. <laughs> and everything's, everything is being better. Yeah, weird. <laughs> right. Well, I can tell you, you know, one of the most fascinating things about nutrition that keeps me in love with working um, with this modality with food for people is that, you know, we have receptors for cannabis. We have receptors for that. We have receptors for magnesium. We have receptors for vitamin and minerals. We don't have receptors for Prilosec. Yep. You know, and so we have to get back to basics. You know, we have these receptors and we have these, these, uh, uh, 
the ability to process these minerals and vitamins for a reason. We've just become so detached to our fruit, our food source that people have forgotten. But, you know, ancestrally, our, our, our ancestors knew, you know, so I always like to say, it's not that you didn't, you don't know, you actually do know, you know, in your flesh, you know, you just have forgotten because right. that's how you got here. Well, I don't know, you know if we've forgotten. We've been we've been sh not shown. We've not have been allowed to experience it. So I don't necessarily know if we've forgotten. We've never been able to explore it um, right. from we've day one. When we're not. Yeah, when we're not. I mean, yeah, I try to not use the conditioned or programmed or all that. But really, um, unknowingly, our parents, when we can't make our own decisions, are setting on us on a nutritional path. Um, yes. I mean, yep. from from even the controversial between breastfeeding and, and formula to what diet do you feed your kid? Do you give them vaccines? Do you give mm -hmm. them wellness checks? Um, this is all um, decisions that a lot of times parents are so worried and so overwhelmed with having a kid that they don't have time <laughs> to educate themselves on the the dangers of a vaccine or yeah. the dangers of a high sugar diet or like they're just trying to figure out how to shut the kid up in the middle of the night because it's fine. <laughs> yes. So when a doctor and somebody that's in a position of authority says well, this is what we think you should feed your kid. And he's underweight because he's not in this percentile and we need this, this, this. And the, the parents are going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, a yeah. lot of it spawns out of second kids, third kids, yeah. after you've had your kids. Like you sure. found out after you were an experienced parent where you were able to take hold and you weren't just completely overwhelmed. Um, yes. But that just yeah, falls on the true. kids. And it's not the parents' yeah. fault. Like I, I look at a lot of things from my childhood. I awesome. I mean, my parents were great. They did what they could. They did what they did. Um, yeah. That's what they knew to do. And they did it to the best of their ability. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I look back and say, man, I had some struggles because of shit that happened to me when I was a kid that wasn't even their fault. Like they didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at the average, you know, standard American diet, I call it sad standard American diet. <laughs> Um, kids are leaving the house, you know, with far too much sugar in their bellies before they get to school. And yet the cereal companies are continuing to push. I just saw a, a horrendous product. Pebbles uh, cereal is now like on popcorn. You know, we're talking about three days worth of sugar eaten in one sitting before they go to school. By if which you only have they, one bowl. I mean, yeah, I was, if they I only have one bowl. Kid, I, I had like a half a box. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. And then they get to school and they are meant to sit still and pay attention while they've got this, you know, 50, 70 grams of sugar racing through their veins. Um, if only and then, we could come up with a drug to sell people to combat kids bouncing around off the walls after you feed yes. them full of uh, energy. <laughs> yes. And, and that's kind of the nasty cycle that we're in is one thing feeds the next. And so like you talk about, you know, with your lots, that's what people need to do. You don't need to, you know, go off into the woods and, and be completely by yourself yet, yet. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't mind doing that. I'm in the yeah, I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I wouldn't mind it either. But I mean, not everybody's, you know, apt to do that. So you don't have to do that. But making a few simple shifts, like just being aware of how much sugar your kid should have in a day or how much sugar you should have in a day, because we are dealing with an epidemic of fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in children. in children. And that is directly due to sugar consumption and processed foods. What do you, so uh, with this background, I'm curious. So there, there are a hundred different theories of what the, the, the proper diet should be. Mm -hmm. Do you prescribe to one or do you prescribe to do something that's better than what you're doing? I work with people to uncover a lifestyle that they love. Because if you don't love what you are doing, you will not do it. And with me, you're not working with me. I'm not working with you to put you on a diet to get you temporary results. I'm working with you for you to discover the things that you love to do so that you can do it for a lifetime and that you never have to go through one of these ridiculous diets again. So that's different for everybody. And if someone's, you know, the thing about nutrition is even at this medical conferences I was at, it can get almost religious-like. People get so fixated on their own results, which is wonderful that they've gotten results, but we're all individuals. And really, if you're preaching one diet for every single body, you really know better than the allopathic model, which says the same thing. You got to take you know, metformin, if you are on, uh, if you're diabetic, you have to, these, these are the drugs you get to choose from, right? You're, you're doing the same thing. And we're com- we, we are, we are complex, but we, we aren't complicated. You know, our human bodies are complex, but not complicated. Drugs are complicated. They're complicated because we don't actually have receptors for them. And there's, there's things that happen when we take them that happen to one person that don't happen to the next person. Right. right. So the least amount of foreign substances we can put in our body like that, the better off we are. And we should always be starting with diet and lifestyle because it's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a terrible lie out there that, you know, our, our health comes strictly from our genetics. And that is not true. That is not true. It is very like it's 96 or 97% of, of uh, chronic conditions come from lifestyle. It isn't your genes. Your genes are not a death sentence. That is merely one strand of uh, impact on your results when it comes to your health. It's only one little thing that it affects. So, you know, you, you, you should be, and you should embrace that. You should be happy to hear, well, you know, it's not my genes because there's not a lot you can do about your genes. Right, right. right. It's, not, it's, not a, uh, it's not a thing I can't change. Um, right. A lot of people, a lot of people in my circles um, prescribe to prescribe, uh, uh, follow keto, follow mm-hmm. um, Ken Berry. Uh, oh, yeah. Love, I saw diet. that Dr. Berry was at the conference I was at. He's wonderful. Yeah, so, so I've yep. seen him talk, I think, three times now at different festivals um, in small, small group, um, maybe less than 100 people. Uh, mm-hmm. And as much as I, I love his videos and all the information, seeing him in person and seeing him not necessarily concede that that keto, uh, he never concedes that keto is wrong. Like that is his, that, I mean, yeah. he knows it's, it's what he believes in, mm-hmm. but conceding to different 
levels being appropriate for different people. Absolutely. Carnivore to uh, even a higher than normal carb allowance in a keto Mm -hmm. diet. He is okay and perfectly acceptable to finding where you fit there and what's optimal for your body. And that made me kind of go down the road one night. I just kind of dove into like the, um, what was it uh, referred to as a heritage model or um, lineage? Ancestral. Ancestral ancestral diet. diet. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of, it kind of really makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and Ken talks a lot about um, evolution and like Mm -hmm. how, how small we're talking on the scale of human evolution to change the way we eat. Uh, and it really makes you think and look into your background of, of where you come from and mm-hmm. what maybe you should be eating might be a little different than the guy sitting next to you just because he's from a different continent originally. Absolutely. And I mean, I always say it's your secret sauce, right? So like when we're working together, we're trying to figure out what your secret sauce is. So you can have a basis, you know, one thing I can say that is a blanket that everyone should go by is get those processed foods out of your diet. <laughs> I mean, we can all agree on that. It's pretty standard standard across anybody. (laughs) Because that stuff is poison. I mean, the the garbage they're putting in it, if anybody doesn't already know, uh, a lot of the ingredients that are sold in processed foods here in the United States are actually illegal in other countries. So, and the reason why they're illegal, some of the dyes and and stuff that they use as preservatives actually has been uh, scientifically proven to cause behavioral uh, disruptions in kids like ADD. And what do we have? We have an epidemic of ADD, you know, and these behavioral problems. So it's something to look at. I mean, I I caution on these types of like sound bites like that, because there is no silver (laughs) bullet. There is no silver bullet. And we, that's how we are kind of conditioned to think that, oh, I just need to, I just need to do keto and I'll be fixed. I just need to do this and I'll be fixed. Well, we're, it's not the case. It is not the case. We have, there are multiple areas of your life that you have to address to achieve health. Diet is one of them. Um, to narrow it down more, you know, take the processed foods out. Um, more protein is a huge thing. People don't get enough protein and they're overeating in empty calories and undereating in what I like to call this, the sati- um, the foods that satiate. So we don't tend well, to think weird, about that's that. The, that's the weird part when you say that. So when you say that, I I always thought, okay, I got to get more protein. So I got to eat a pile of steak instead of um, obviously grains, uh, carbs, fillers, sugars. Um, but when you really start doing it, you almost feel when you're not filling up on the carbs, you're eating less meat. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And absorbing more protein or, or utilizing more protein, I guess, would probably be yes. a better term. Um, so you're like, yeah. oh, eat me, eat me. Uh, no, I mean, it's two different things. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, there's other elements to diet too, like when you eat. You know, a lot of people need to go longer in between their meals so that their body can process faster. And really, uh, that's what I'm trying to do is to help you get your metabolism running healthy. So 
um, I always like to use this analogy from Dr. Palmer. He wrote the book Brain Energy. And if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it, especially if you're dealing with any kind of uh, mood disorders in, in you or people in your family. Um, and he gives this analogy, and it's such a clear one. Uh, and it's about traffic. He uses traffic. Like if you are in a helicopter above a city and you're looking down on traffic, it looks like everything's moving and flowing in the right direction, right? But when you're down in traffic yourself in a car, um, you know that oftentimes you got to slam on your brakes, you got to swerve over, you know, sometimes cars break down and they're on the side of the road. It appears like everything's running fine, but there are complications. And he compares that to like our metabolism. We're a trap where our, our cells picture your, your cell as the cars. So you have trillions of cars, cells running through your body and um, you want to keep them running efficiently and in the right direction and getting places. But these, they have to encounter uh, different obstacles. So, you know, when you're putting processed foods in, there's chemicals, it slows things down, just like when you put cruddy gas in your car, it slows things down, right? And then outside other forces that come in too, um, you know, an injury or, or something like that, your body's always dealing with this, trying to keep the traffic of your cells running smoothly. And um, through years of, of environmental exposure, meaning the food that you've taken taken in the the food stories, which I'd love to talk about. That's kind of my passion um, is about food stories, because we all have one. And uh, I can talk about how those kind of develop in your life. Um, we have these assaults on our traffic, <laughs> these traffic blockages. And um, that can result in chronic illness. And that is not separate from mood disorders, our brains and our bodies are not separate. This is a whole functioning unit and it, it drives me insane. I've interviewed hundreds of doctors now. And one of the, when I, I, one of the questions I ask all the time is when do you, how did we get here? How did we get to the point where we like, I just got caught wind of like a week ago of this new drug that teens are injecting. So teenagers that are overweight are so desperate to lose weight that the doctors have now brought them two different medications, which are meant for diabetics that they inject into themselves that decreases their appetite. And this is horrifying to me because I don't learning... like that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, mean I mean, it's good. It's good you're saying that because it's, it's there, it's real. Um, mm -hmm. That's horrific. It's horrific, horrific because so you not, just, not you, only you are said, you dis you're you're uh, you're disabling them from being able to cope with a life problem. If you're overweight, you have a life problem. You're not managing your life properly in terms of nutrition and activity. And so, what we're doing to these kids is we're giving them this, you know, again a symptom silencer, right? Here, take this, and this will stop the symptom of you getting overweight. But when they go off that medication, they haven't learned the proper strategy to right. implement in life to maintain those results. And we see that all the time with people who do the lap band surgery and things of that nature. They haven't learned how to live the, the right way to get the results they want. Right. So, so you mentioned the Flexner report and yeah. the whole line of kind of the following and the, the kind of the spiraling out of control of the drugs to cover drugs to cover drugs and mm -hmm. the pharmaceutical industry. And which came first, the changing away from holistic medicine? Was it 
was it an intent to start the spiral of the drug industry or was it i i i don't know i don't know where the intended yeah. like where because at one point we realized that we're going to have to start compensating for the drugs was the intention just to make drugs to you know take care of the headache and take care of this or xyz and then all these side effects popped up and they went oh now we can make more money and did this spiral or was this the intent from the beginning just this big whirlwind of drugs right well it's hard to know but we did have remedies we had something called elixirs they were the popular thing um unfortunately you know we had elixirs that contained willow bark willow bark is aspirin right. that's aspirin right? So we know that that worked for pain reliever. We had spices like turmeric and things of that nature that were highly inflammatory that were being used in medicinal doses. Um, and what when the petrochemical was invented, meaning they learned the Rockefellers learned that they could turn uh, something natural into something synthetic and then own a patent on it. Right. That's when the doors blew wide open. That hey, everybody. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I worked taking... in that industry for a long time. I know yeah. all about hydrocarbons and breaking them down. I actually broke down a waste plastic and we put it back into synthetic crude oil. So uh, yeah. my process engineer and I had long conversations about long chain hydrocarbons. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then so they they saw a way to patent what occurred naturally because right. you cannot patent what occurs naturally. Uh, they saw a way to be able to benefit from that by by making everything synthetic. And so that's what they did. They were they were opportunists. And, you know, the very first snake oil salesman, you know who that was? That was a Rockefeller. And <laughs> he sold rock oil. You can look it up. It's kind of an interesting story. He claimed that it cured everything from cancer to, you know, a boil on your knee. It was good for everything. And it was like $25 a bottle at the time. And oh, that was a lot of money back then. Um, and he earned the name, uh, the, the first uh, snake oil salesman. That's where that came from, was from a right. Rockefeller. So, right. you know, they always had an interest, I think, in getting into medicine. I think there's multiple reasons why people are interested in producing products for medicine. One of them being that, you know, there's a lot of power in it, it's just like our, our foods, our food industry. Then, you know, if you control the food, you can control the people. And and that's that's what they've done with our food as well. Our food industry now is down to like five companies yeah. that are providing all the food, to, you know, on a general scale. So so it's not by accident that they're eating up all these little companies and trying to, you know, monopolize you everything. You mentioned um, something there and I had it on a, a note here. Um controlling the narrative controlling the food system controlling this um one thing i wanted to ask you is you've been in this from 2019 you went into covid with it um you've been through the vaccine stuff you're in a difficult space mm -hmm. you're trying <laughs> to and and i get this because you're trying to educate people and yes. you're in a position where all I want to do is give people information and let them make their own decision. Mm -hmm. But I've been demonized with my message. Absolutely. I have. I've been kicked off of YouTube. I have been permanently banned from Facebook. Um, I have 
I'm on my second account with Instagram, but I can't gain any followers. Right. Um, but it, it, you know, to me, I could care less. It, well, you even, know, yeah, I, I'm even, reaching even beyond who... that. Even beyond the the silencing, I'm talking more on the hey, I got I got a hundred people listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. Ninety of them shut down because it, it goes against what they've been told is right. Yeah. I mean, not my listeners. My listeners right. are listening it's because different. they're open to this. But yeah. you're talking to a, just a general crowd. Mm-hmm. You're the bad guy. Absolutely. And the bad guys are made out to be the good guys because that's the status quo. Yeah. Um, and you almost get portrayed as a evangelical or, a, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't like that because I get pigeonholed like that sometimes, too, when I talk mm-hmm. about anarchism, things like that, that have been that have been redefined i would yes. think the good term hijacked, hijacked. I, it's been hijacked yeah. so many so- of our terms have been hijacked and i try to connect with people on a level with their own food story uh, i can tell you a yeah, personal yeah, yeah, yeah yeah talk about because i was yeah. I wanted to bring up next was a food story and what that is and yeah um, so I, I had an interaction with someone. So I, I've actually, you know, since since COVID, of course, we all have had, you know, difficulties in our relationships, but certainly I've lost a lot of friends. Uh, well, what were friends, you know, but now I know, well, maybe not, maybe they never were friends, because they're not willing to even listen um, right. to what's actually going on. So one of the ways I connect with people is through food, their food stories. And asking questions about people's food stories is really helpful because like you said before, you you mentioned it earlier, we pick up our habits from, from our family, right? When you're growing up, uh, you're not from zero to six. That's, that's, that's when you're being shaped, zero to six. You're in a theta state they call it your brain is in a theta state. So you are you what's happening is you are learning how to be a human every single day. And the people teaching you how to be a human are the people around you. So you know, it's a fascinating experiment if you let a child watch over and over again, like a video, and and, and they'll start acting out the same movements that are in the video. And it's also a little bit like when we get in the car and we drive home because we've driven home thousands of times, we get home and we don't even really remember driving home because we were in our own heads. But that's the kind of conditioning we have with our food stories. So we grow up with certain belief systems about food. So maybe we we grow up thinking or being modeled to because our parents and the people around us are the greatest models. Maybe we grow up thinking that, you know, food should be cheap. And if that's a that's a food story that you own and and hold as a belief system, then you don't see value in paying more money for something that could be a better product. And that's a big one for Americans, because that was the whole, uh, you know, kind of fast food initiative was to make food cheap, fast and cheap. Yep. Replicable anywhere in the in the country. And fast and cheap. So that's a food story that a lot of people hold that food shouldn't be expensive, right? Um, another food story might be scarcity, right? So like my husband grew up in a big Hispanic family. There were four boys in that family and one girl. And when mom brought the uh, groceries home, it was like free for all what she got. And that food would go so fast that one of his food stories is that there's not going to be enough. I got to get what I can get quickly and 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 kind of hoard it because there might not be any more later. 
So these are the types of things that we carry around with us and they determine the choices we're making on a daily basis when it comes to our nutrition. So you may not know, um, you know, that the, the big food industry d develops most of their flavors in a laboratory. Most of their flavors are, are developed in a laboratory. They, they work on things that produce excitotoxins in our brains that make it addictive. They're not out there to provide a healthy option for you. They're out there for profits. They have shareholders, you know, and it's not about demonizing these companies. It's about knowing business. Okay, they, this is business. They have shareholders and a, and, and a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to make money. So they they even if they wanted to make decisions that provided a healthier product, legally they can't. You know, right. even when Walmart gives away water to a hurricane, uh, you know, something like say a hurricane happens and they want to donate water, they have to justify that to their shareholders that this will improve their brand and have a return on investment. And I it think a lot of people me, don't realize that. It reminds me of, um, have you seen Idiocracy? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes. It reminds yeah. me of Brondo. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we can't turn it off because the whole economy will crash. Like we That's can't right. turn off the shit storm of food because right. everything will fall apart. Like right. we'll all be healthier, but we'll all die because the economy crashed and we'll all kill each right. other. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's but... be the guys that just go and find the toilet water and drink it. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, this is the paradigm that we've created for ourselves. But the good news is, is that, that there can be a paradigm shift and that shift can happen slowly, but it's when we educate ourselves with our own providers in our area. So like I buy my beef directly from my rancher. I know him. I chat with the, his wife every time I go pick up my beef. I know what they're doing to that, to those, to those cattle. Um, I, I grow my own, I raise my own chickens. I eat my own eggs, you know, but some of the things I have to go out of the house for, I do my research on some of these products to make sure that I'm not bringing in something that's horrible into my family. Um, and, but you, you're was, never going to eliminate that, What's was, that? that was a really big change that we've had to go through and we're still kind of struggling to um, figure it all out. But I mean, when we were in Minnesota, before we moved into RV, we had a 35 acre homestead. Um, I had seven deep freezers. I had yeah. pasture raised organic, no corn, no soy chicken, turkey. I raised rabbits. I raised quail. Um, and like the other day, um, my wife sent a message to somebody on Facebook that we, that lived three miles from us that raised our pasture raised pork and mm -hmm. beef, um, because he posted a, a picture of his daughter. And I remember when she was born and I remember when their son was born, because I would drive over there and get my, my pork from them and my beef from them. Um, and we moved into an RV with a, like, um, yeah, I think it's like a three square foot freezer. Right. I mean, like I was, I was talking 20, 27 cubic feet, seven freezers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Food security. I had a hydroponics garden in my kitchen that would have fed a family of like eight. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was giving the majority of it to my chickens in the winter in Minnesota. Yep. But every time I turned around, I had seven or eight different um, varieties of fresh greens to pick out of my kitchen. Yes. It was a hard decision to go to this. Um, mm -hmm. And we're figuring it out. We're networking, building a network yeah. of people that I can source things like that. 
but going back to the grocery store was weird. Um, yeah, I bet people it was. Struggled, people struggled during COVID with all the grocery stores and the, the shutdowns and the shortages and everything. And my wife and I basically looked at it as ourselves and said, we don't have to go to the store. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it wasn't because we were super, like we had stacks and stacks and stacks of cans in the basement. It was, I, I had, yeah. I had the protein, like we chose to eat protein and fresh greens and that's what we stored. We had it mm -hmm. on hoof. We had it in the freezer. We had it in the kitchen. Um, we had seeds available. And now, man, sometimes you got to go to the store and buy beef. And I can tell like, I really, people, people say that that's like a, a hoity-toity thing. Like, I, I can tell the difference and I'm okay with spending more. Yeah. 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 Well, that's and a wonderful food story that you have now that you've been through <laughs> that experience, right? So you know the value in that. But so many people still don't know. Um, that there's such value in that food is really medicine. And, you know, when you're putting it in every single day and you can't not eat, right? It's, 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 it's <laughs> one of those things eat. you gotta do. <laughs> you gotta do it. So you, you know, it really matters what you're putting in and, you know, you of course you can't always eliminate your toxic burden. And I, I know people can get crazy about that, get really, you know, um, obsessed with trying to, to eliminate your toxic burden. Good news is you don't have to eliminate all of it. Um, your body's awesome. It is yeah. so good at eliminating toxins. That so liver if you can thing just... is, there's a reason it's the biggest, uh, biggest, big old thing in your side. Yep. That... <laughs> yeah. It's really good at it. So, you know, uh, lessen the burden. That's what we always focus on is, is lessening the burden. So what can I, what shift can I make, you know, that can, can help me, um, you know, with this, with this uh, lessening the burden. And we talk about all kinds of stuff like that on, on naturally inspired podcast. And that's, one of the reasons why we're bringing our um, naturally inspired health summit to here in Colorado on June 24th, we are bringing oh. in, yeah, we're having three uh, nationally recognized uh, keynote speakers and we're having 17 local uh, people that get up and talk about their businesses in, in the area. And we're, we're helping people get back to basics. So we're, there's going to be over 50 vendors there. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be a great event. It's going to 18,000 square feet at the uh, nice. Loveland ranch, uh, Budweiser event center. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's, that's pretty that's exciting. Fantastic. So yeah. that's, is that, um, uh, more of a regional event? Uh, I mean, obviously, it, uh, education and speakers are beneficial across the nation. But you said uh, a lot of local vendors, a lot of local speakers, uh, people in that uh, Denver area would really benefit from it. And then yeah. uh, so is all that that information. So I have all your information, your uh, website, the um naturally not naturally like, naturally inspired nutrition.com yes. or you can yeah. go to naturally inspired health summit um, okay. dot com for the for the event info and yeah it is you know it's our first uh our first one we're doing it's pretty exciting I'm pretty excited about it it's a big step so we're hoping though that we'll be able to do them um 
all over. We'd love to be able to expose this community, you know, to people in their area. So by bringing in a few national names that people recognize, we uh, hope to bring in a crowd and then we'll give you the access to the people in your area that can support the lifestyle you want to build. So functional medicine practitioners, acupuncturists, masseuses, chiropractors, nutritionists, uh, frequency specialty. I mean, I talk about some crazy stuff on my yes. podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, that's weird you mentioned free. I actually met a, a guy um, on our first trip. So we've made, we've made, before we sold our place, we made two uh, major trips, two week long trips with our stuff to kind of test out our systems and, mm -hmm. and make sure everything was good. Um, on our first trip, I met a guy that does frequency healing with mm -hmm. um, uh, didgeridoo. Yeah. Yeah, and, there's uh, there's there is science was, behind that, my friend. It, was it is not <laughs> it is it was fascinating stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I I really um I've gotten gone down the road of like waves and waves wave energy mm -hmm. energy waves and all sorts of uh, crazy stuff. Uh, I just inter interviewed recently someone that did uh, plant music and uh, yeah. plant energy and plant education and interesting uh, yeah the roads that i've been able to explore that all started through realizing that the healthcare system is bullshit yeah have have made me i think uh um a broader minded person and willing yeah. to explore more things yes. i don't know if i would have ever been interested in talking to someone about plant science and plant music <laughs> If my wife hadn't realized that she shouldn't be on Prilosec for the rest of her life. Right. Um, so right. I think Thank you're God doing. She realized that. Yeah. Good for yeah, yeah. her. Good for her. <laughs> I think you're doing an amazing service for people. Um, we're coming up kind of on an hour. Um, I will definitely, this is going to be aired after the fact. So I'll definitely be getting all your information about your, your summit coming up and getting that in the show mm -hmm. notes. But I like to give my guests, you know, five, whatever, you know, we got five minutes left here. I like to give them time to just kind of leave my guests with a message, um, anything they want to just go out with. And um, the floor is sure. yours. Take as long as you want. And um, and there you go. I appreciate you having and we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap up after the fact. Great. Well, I think the biggest message I, I like to share with people is to have hope you know, this, this health journey thing can be so uh, exhausting, you know, being in pain every day, having problems that no one seems to have answers to, it can be so overwhelming and exhausting. And I just want to spread the message of hope that there you're not out of options yet. There is something there. If you're still here on this planet, <laughs> there's a reason you're here. And together we can find solutions for these issues, but we have to be willing to change our paradigm the way we look at health. We cannot look at it from the, the viewpoint that we wait till something goes wrong and then we react. That is not, that has brought us to where we are today. Today we are almost slaves to this allopathic model where we have to take these pills and get these procedures. And we need to move away from that paradigm into a paradigm where prevention is the priority. So when we know we can control our outcomes, when we put the right food in, when we uh, practice, um, you know, more mindful stress management, we, we've been taught a little bit to stuff our feelings that maybe emotions aren't, uh, 
proper to express in certain situations, right? So we have to come up with strategies to be able to manage that. And that's ongoing because we live in a very stressful time in a very stressful time. So if we're not building into our daily schedule time to decompress, and that doesn't mean staring at a screen, that means really processing and you, you know, whether it's active meditation or exercise or, you know, reading something that's enjoyable to you. I mean, there's many ways to decompress, but we aren't taught to build that into our schedule on a daily basis. And what happens is all that stuff ends up all this kind of repressed uh, feelings and emotions end up in our subconscious and that's energy. It's just energy. So anxiety, depression, all these, all these things are energy. And when we don't express the energy, um, it'll bubble up, bubble up. And then we have kind of a breakdown where we, we, the, the body expresses symptoms. And so if we are on a regular lifestyle, um, you know, schedule where we get up in the morning and we know what we're going to do, we know what we're going to eat. We know how we're going to take care of our stress today. We know how we're going to have some fun today. We know how we're going to laugh today. All this stuff's got to be scheduled now. Because it's not, it's not, you can't just like roll the dice every day because it won't happen. And when right. it doesn't happen, that energy then expresses itself through symptoms in our body. And you are the architect of your body. You are the architect of your body. Your choices matter. And when you, when you can get into a, a routine of making the right choices, then you build this, you know, miracle it's, it's, it's just an absolute miracle what the body can put up with, what it will tolerate, and, you know, how it expresses itself. And so we're in charge of that. And so don't lose hope, because I know it's a really tough time right now. And a lot of people are dealing with a lot of different ailments. And they're scared, scared to go to the doctor, maybe right now, scared to, to reach out for help, because they're not sure of the, the response they're going to get, or if they're going to get bullied into doing something they don't want to do. Um, reach out out to your practitioners, like your chiropractors, your acupuncturists, your nutritionists, reach out to us because we can offer you, if we don't have the answers, we certainly have a network that we can work from. Uh, a lot of my podcasts, I mean, if you go on to naturallyinspiredpodcast.com, you'll see hundreds of hundred plus episodes there um, with interviews. And then I have hundreds more of daily episodes that kind of focus on things that have happened in the news. But, um, you know, we talked about frequency, there's a great one on there about the harmonic egg, which is light and frequency healing. So that's nice. really interesting. So these are some, you know, can listen to one of acupuncture. So you know what to expect before you just kind of go out there and try these things. This will give nice. you dip your toe in the water so you can see what's out there and available. But above all, um, right now, I think it's community that we need to be focusing on how we can help each other is, is going to be, um, you know, really necessary in the coming few years. We're going through a hard time. There's nobody out there. I think that can deny that. So we're going through a hard time in our country and it's time now to get back to community so we can support each other. And it, yeah, for sure. For sure. That, that is so well put. And the only thing that I would add on is that community really is going to help mend the distrust and division that's been, been purposely thrown yeah. between us, especially in health. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it's, it's been purposeful. years and years yeah. and years. It's always been, you want to kill grandma. 
yeah. all the political theatrics. It always yeah. revolves around you want to kill the kids, you want the kids to starve, you want to kill grandma. I think right. the community and being open to just listening and yeah. and and letting people express ideas and maybe exposing you to something that might be true. Yeah. And if it isn't, don't listen to it. Right. But just, right. just give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know what you're going to find. So Absolutely. the message is very important and I'm sure it will be very well received in my community. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and having the conversation. It was great. And um, I'm guessing a lot of my audience will dig in more. Um, I encourage everyone to, uh, to check out your stuff and I will be sure to put all the links in the, in the show notes and I will make sure I have all of them and uh awesome. and your summit for sure because i think that's going to be very valuable so yeah thank you brian and thank you for the work that you're doing spreading this message to everybody is so important you know it's 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 the only way that that some of this information is getting out nowadays it is just through you know citizen people who have a passion for it and understand the need for it so i commend you for doing the podcast and i thank you very much for inviting me on I appreciate it. It's it's uh it's just you got to be that guy that doesn't care what people think of you. I guess that's right. <laughs> hey, Terry, I really appreciate it. I'm gonna drop you off now, and if you'd hang out for just a few minutes, I'm gonna wrap things up, and I will talk to you after. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. That was what a great conversation. I really enjoyed that. Um, I'd like to thank Tammy for coming on again today. And if you want to find out more about natural health and health freedom and the summit she has coming up in the Denver area, you need to visit the website, her website. All the links will be in the video description and the audio description. I appreciate you listening today. And this has been another episode of Lots to Talk About. And we will see you next week.